Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hooper's Lab podcast. This is episode five of the podcast where we talk all things basketball. I'm joined here with my co-host, Riley. Say what's up. What's poppin'? You can hear me, right? We're good? Yeah, we're, we're all good. We're all, well, we should be for now. We'll, we'll see how it goes on later on in the podcast. <laughs> uh, what's going on with you, man? Um, oh, your toe. Well, yeah, I got a giant-ass bandage on my toe. Yeah, he got a pedicure. Uh, some, <laughs> some toe surgery. He's got a big bandage. But we're not here to talk about your toe. We're here to talk about playoff Toby basketball. Bryant. Toby Bryant. Rest in peace. But, you know, playoff basketball is finally here. And I'm excited. It's de- been some games going on, but we don't care. We're still going to go through our playoff <laughs> predictions for the first round. Uh, we each come up with our own predictions for each series and uh, who we think is going to win and how many games. And it should be interesting to see what we think, if we agree or disagree on stuff and stuff like that. So yeah, I got, do you want... I got, the, uh, I got the Philly game in the background. Yes, sir. Embiid's uh, killing it right now. When I was yeah, I know. He... Yeah, but the, the Sixers have so many turnovers. <laughs> but um, do you want to start with the East or the West? We'll get right into it. Uh, let's just get the East out of the way. East, uh, okay. Let's get the well. Let's get the first playoff matchup out of the way. The first seeded Bucks up against the eighth seeded Magic. Um, is there much to talk about here? <laughs> no. I mean, this is kind of reminiscent to the Bucks versus Pistons series last year, where the Pistons were getting blown out by like thirty every single game. Yeah. <laughs> and Blake was trying to play injured. He was like, I was playing injured. It was like, bro, just sit out. Like, you're not going to contribute. You're going to lose anyway. You're, you're losing anyway. And then Drummond was getting clowned. And oh, what a good series. No, but I feel like it's going to be very similar to that. Yeah, no. Not very much to talk about with that series. I um, mean, if the Magic had Jonathan Isaac, that'd be a little bit different. I still don't that'd think That'd be like that a cool they... matchup. It'd be a no, that's what I want to see because Jonathan Isaac, you know, a young defender trying to prove himself as an elite defender, and he potentially is already going up against the MVP of the league. Like, that would be a cool matchup to see just to see how he matches up against Giannis because, like, he's a really good matchup. Jonathan Isaac's like 6'11, they're like the same height, lengthy, quick on the perimeter, great inside. So, but he's yeah. not there. Yeah, this is kind of just a warm up series for the Bucks. Let's be real. Yeah, they weren't doing so hot in the bubble, so. No, yeah, so this yeah. is just a warm-up series. Also, Aaron Gordon's battling an injury, so that's another not very good thing for them. And nothing really else to talk about yeah, there. About Ho- hopefully, Fultz and Bob can do good and show some promise since they're the young guys of the team. That's about it. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. Magic fans. Well, like, there's no- di- like, I just don't know what direction like they should go in because like, they have some young pieces, but what the hell do they do with, like, they, and they're not it's balancing the youth and the it's just they're in a very weird direction yeah, and i feel so, like I, next I, year I the wizards could potentially uh grab the eighth spot like the magic are just going to be that seven to nine team you know exactly and like their young players are really good but i don't think any of them have the potential to be like well none of them have a potential to be like the franchise player no, or even do it do any of them even have all-star potential like, I feel like Mo Bamba does, but not with the Magic and not in that situation. Not, not behind Vucevic. And I'm still, like, 50-50 on faults. 
Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Uh so that was all. Uh you have Bucks in four, I'm guessing, right? Of course. You don't have them taking a game, the Magic? Fuck no. <laughs> I mean, if they had Isaac, then maybe, but I'd still probably have a sweep because yeah, I don't see it. Uh, should we move on to the two seven matchup in the East, the Raptors and Nets? Yes, sir. I'll let you talk about this one first because apparently you you I'm think the Nets will win. Nets in five, bro. They may have lost. <laughs> They're gonna win the next four. <laughs> Gentlemen, sleep, bro. No, uh, I think I did. I think I. In my notes, I'm pretty sure I put it as uh, Raptors in five. I have uh, Raptors in five too. Yeah, I think I think the Ra- I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Raptors swept. But no, I that's the same with me. Jamal crossover is gonna hoop out. I'm telling you, he's gonna go off for fifty one of these games. No, the thing is, like last year, the Raptors were playing the Magic and they lost in five, but that was because DJ Augustine had that the first round Magic and Raptors. I thought like it DJ was, Augustine. Oh no, they just lost the first game. Never mind. I was gonna say because DJ was, Augustine. Took yeah, that game. I, I feel gonna, like that's yeah, gonna I be the it was same. Close series, but it was just the first game. Yeah, it was literally just the first game. But I feel like it's gonna be the same thing with that, except Karis LeVert's gonna steal a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, point Karis LeVert. He had 15 assists today. 15 and 15. I'm pretty sure. Not gonna lie, I wasn't watching that game, so something like <laughs> I, that. I had it on. I was like laying in bed though. Nice. Um, I mean, what else is there really to talk about? The Raptors have an elite defense. Um, the Nets just, you can't win a playoff series if your best player is Karis LeVert. It, <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, Karis is their best player. You just, <laughs> you just can't. Like, he's been playing a lead in the bubble, but now all the focus is going to be on him. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he can, can maybe steal a game, but like, that Raptors it. defense, like... I don't know if Karras is going to do much against that defense because they got OG and Anobi on the perimeter and then Gasol on the inside and see how, like that defense Sorry, is just Ibaka. crazy. Ibaka, Gasol, Siakam, OG and Anobi, Lowry, like that's just crazy. Uh the one thing is Siakam's kind of been struggling in the bubble and yeah. he didn't really play amazing in the game today. Uh Fred Van Fleet's been hooping. Yeah. yeah. He was uh, during the uh, bubble games, too. Or I guess the exhibition games, because we're yeah, still in the bubble. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the Nets just aren't very talented. They have good heart, though. Good ball yeah, movement team they're... play. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shall we move on to the next series? The Indiana Pacers the, and Miami Heat. Austin Powers. Um, <laughs> um, so the... I'll, I'll just talk a little bit. Uh, the Pacers don't have TJ Warren or Sabonis. So oh. the Pacers, not, yeah, yeah, the Pacers' two best players are out. I'm not sure if they're gonna return at all. I mean, the thing is, if they had TJ Warren and Sabonis, they still lose. But I think that's actually more competitive. Yeah, because like, I, I had it, I had them in six, but now that you just said that, I think I'm gonna change mine to uh, Heat in five. Yeah, I think that the yeah, I think it's the Heat in five too. I'll just spoil my prediction. Uh, I think it's Heat in five. If if the Pacers had Sabonis and TJ Warren, I think that they'd push six, maybe yeah, probably it def- seven. It def- six it or definitely seven. could. It definitely could be a competitive series. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, since there's no uh, Sabonis and TJ Warren, I mean, who's on the? I mean, the Pacers still got Brogdon. Oladipo. Oladipo. This is what. Back. This is his time. He wants to get that bag. No, he wants to play for the Heat. So like, he's gonna sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> he's like. 
All right, Jimmy. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do this display. You come and steal the ball. It's like I got you. They're just like gonna win an Oscar for the best acting <laughs> performance. All the people will be like, "Oh no, he! I got the ball stolen from me." Oh wow! How did He's that? So happen? good. Like, oh, <laughs> God. I mean, did you see that video of in the exhibition games? It was the Pacers and the Heat, and Oladipo was looking very friendly with the Heat. <laughs> now he was like chatting them all up. They were all like hugging each other and like talking and smiling. And I was like, that's kind of foreshadowing. Kind of like LeBron when he was talking to Lonzo with the <laughs> with their jerseys. He's like, I'm that's coming kind, to LA. That's <laughs> kind of scary defensively, bro. If Oladipo joins that team, Bam and Oladipo. They already have great wing depth, so adding all the depot to that end, yeah, like, they just have great wing depth and coaching. Heat coaching, I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, like Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league. And talk all day about the Heat. I mean, we could. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we could talk all day about the Hornets, too. Uh, Get ready uh, for our next podcast where we talk <laughs> about the Hornets. Um, But, the yeah, the Heat have... Great wing depth, great coaching. I really don't see this going past six. Um, will Oladipo step up is kind of a big question because he kind of, well, he needs to. Yeah. Like, he's their primary guy. If he, if he doesn't step up, the, the Pacers, if he doesn't step up, the Pacers could honestly get swept. So, yeah. Well, I want to see old Oladipo when he took LeBron to seven, when he was the most exactly. improved player, when he was an all star. Like, I want to see that Oladipo. I mean, there's no reason that he i mean he's still recovering from the injury which he said earlier but like you're chasing that contract you're the team's best player you're getting all the shots like there's no excuse not to perform except for the injury stuff which i don't know how that's going with him but yeah uh this is also the first playoffs for young players for the heat like bam duncan robinson kendrick nunn tower harrow like lots of their core guys like this is their or no, Bam, this isn't his first playoffs. But, you know, in this role, it's his first playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just going to be a new experience. But Jimmy will guide them through it. Exactly. And Jimmy is just such a great closer. I mean, his jump shooting has been a big problem. He's a clutch shooter, though. He's a clutch shooter, but he has not been hitting threes this <laughs> season at all. It's been horrendous. Okay, uh, anything else you want to say? Do that. Uh, Pacers, he had anything else you want to say about this series? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think we went over everything. Um, moving on to the last series of the East, the Celtics and 76ers. You can start this one off with just your thoughts or some notes. Um, so like, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of forgot that Simmons was out because nice. I, I had the Sixers and seven, or not, Ooh. sorry, sorry, not Sixers and seven, uh, Celtics and seven. Mm-hmm. Because that was with Simmons, so I, I for, again, I blank. I think I'm going to switch it to probably uh, Celtics in six. But the reason mm-hmm. I had uh, Sixers in seven is because, and I know, like, I don't really think, because the Sixers, obviously, this season did a lot better at home versus on the road. I don't really know how much that would affect them in the bubble since, you know, they're in the bubble. But, mm-hmm. you know, Celtics have the higher seed so they obviously have more home court advantage that was kind of my thinking but yeah yeah i definitely don't think the series is going to go as deep uh without simmons so yeah i definitely i agree with that uh i have celtics in six and this is just such an important series for Embiid's career 
and just Embiid in general because like he needs to step up. Like no Simmons, he's the main guy. Like the Celtics are a small team, and like he needs to take advantage of that. And this is kind of like he hasn't had much like uh, like individual playoff success. So like no, he needs really. to prove. Like, he really needs to prove himself. And also, like, the 76ers' future is unclear, like, who they want to keep or what they want to do with the duo. Like, now that Simmons is out, like, this is his time to prove that, hey, I'm the guy here in Philly. You should keep me. We got this. Like, just support me. We can do this without Simmons, you know? So I feel like it's very important in that aspect. So it's very interesting to see that and the duo there on how that's going to do after this season. Uh, I'm not sure what they should do, what they're going to do. Uh, I just, like I don't know what Philly should do at all. Like Their team is just so like blah, like with all their different big-name quote-unquote players. And like, just the way their team is built, I don't, I don't vibe with it at all. Like, I, don't, I don't know what they should do. Like, even if they, they got wanted to break stuck. it up. Exactly. Like, even if they wanted mm-hmm. to break it up, I don't even know how you do that because their team is just a bunch of shit like they're not bad players they just like don't fit together at all so you have to trade it's just everyone exactly yeah but yeah also the boston's like offensive scoring like big four of kemba jalen brown hayward and tatum like any of those guys can drop 20 any given night so that's gonna be really hard to stop just because like they don't have like a deep bench like at the end of the rotation but their top guys like, they have that deadly six of Kemba, Jalen Brown, Hayward, Marcus Smart, Tatum, and Tice. Yeah. And, like, in the playoffs, your rotations are already going to be not shorter. as deep. Like, you're gonna, you're, they're yeah. going to be shorter rotations anyway. So, if you got that really good six, and then just a couple guys, just whoever's whoever complements the rest of the guys who are playing, or just whoever's, you know, streaking, then you play them. Exactly. So that's gonna that's gonna be hard to stop. Also, like how like the coaching matchup and how Brad Stevens will handle Embiid because Brad Stevens is such a great coach. And, and, yeah, I think some to an extent it sometimes kind of goes under the radar, especially with like the Celtics last year and with their drama of, uh, with like Kyrie. I feel like people kind of forgot how good of a coach he was. Is yeah, exactly, and also like. They're going to have to double Embiid. Like, basically, every time he touches the ball, it's basically going to be a double team. So it's just going to be about how he navigates through those double teams. Exactly. So that'll be interesting to see. And, like, Embiid's one of the most dominant post scorers in the league. And your center is 6'8. So just seeing how that goes is going to be interesting, too. And also, yeah, I have Celtics in six. Yeah. Um, any other notes for the Celtics and 76ers? Anything else you want to say? Uh, not really. It looks like Jalen Brown might just have gotten hurt, though. I, I, gotten I hurt. Going on. Yeah. Does it look? Pause the... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, actually, we are going to take a pause. <laughs> Taking a break. <laughs> well, no, we are. So it's actually convenient. But, um, yeah, we're going to be taking a break, and then we'll get to our Western Conference playoff predictions. And we're back. So, should we start with the Lakers and Blazers? Um, we'll start with the let's one. Let's do it. Because that's do what it. we... Your audio is very weird. Okay. okay. Is it good now? It's good now. Okay, so Lakers, Blazers. I feel like this one we're going to talk about more. I feel like there's a lot to digest here. And especially since, like, you know, we'd consider us... I, I'd consider myself a... Well, 
I know you consider yourself a Laker fan. I'd consider myself a Laker fan. A Lakers slash broad NBA fan. That's, yeah. So, we're going to be talking about the Lakers and Blazers. Uh, you can start off. Hear? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. All right. Where do you want to start off you with? Yeah, because there's a lot to dive into with this series. All right. So, a lot of people I've seen are just kind of like brushing the Blazers off this series. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, like it's a one versus eight matchup. That's a fair thing to do. But mm-hmm. I think people are really underrating the Blazers in this series. And I would not be surprised if the Blazers really challenged the Lakers, especially with uh, the Lakers' struggles right now and uh, their issues that no one knows really. The off the court uh, stuff that literally no one knows about. And how come there's been no media coverage around that? Exactly. Like, like no one cares. It's the Lakers and they're saying that there's off court drama and no one's discussing it or speculating. That seems very odd to me. Like that is like, not Yeah, that's not it's a LeBron team, it's the Lakers, and they're not they're not seeing into it. Like that's just weird to me. But exactly. I mean, yeah, it is a one eight matchup, but this is a very competitive eight seed. Like they would not be the eighth seed if their team was more healthy this season. Like let's be honest. Yeah, they so... could definitely be like a mid to top team in the West. Mm-hmm. Also, if there was gonna be a playoff run for a one seed to get upset by an eight seed, it would be it would be this year because you know just how just how bad the Lakers have been, I guess, and how good the Blazers have been. And like yeah, and like someone's got to stop Dame and. Or at least slow him down. And I have no idea who that's going to be because Avery Bradley's out. And, you know, LeBron's LeBron. He's not the best defender anymore. Like, who's it going to be? Danny Green? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's really slowing down Dame. Uh, Willis Hodgson continue is one thing that I want to talk about. Like, he's got to run out of gas eventually. But at the same time, like, he's just rolling right now. And he's so driven to win. And he's so like ready like he's in this killer mentality that i'm honestly so afraid of because all the stuff yeah he's got that mamba mentality the lakers are coasting have no momentum and dame's just like i got this and i wouldn't be surprised if he dropped 100 i'm just kidding (laughs) could you could you imagine how crazy that would be in the playoffs too my gosh the lakers would have to forfeit if they let dame drop 100 (laughs) i mean that'd be tough i think so I think someone really has to step up for the Lakers is AD because he's been kind of like very up and down in the bubble. Mm-hmm. And we know LeBron's going to do his thing. Like he can turn the switch on whenever the hell he wants. It's fucking LeBron. But yeah. Davis has been very up and down and it has been a little uh, concerning to me. Well, the, the thing about LeBron is I was thinking about it, right? And LeBron did not do good in the bubble. Like, we already know this. No, he didn't. He was, but, he was awful, actually. Exactly. Like, he wasn't playing, like, the best player, the second best player, the third best player. He wasn't even playing, like, a top five, ten player. So, like, it got me thinking that if he still plays like that in this playoff series and in this playoffs in general, is this the decline of LeBron? Like, like the, it's not out of the question to say that. Because... Mm-hmm. He's old. He's just too old. <laughs> I mean, he is an MVP candidate this season, but like, he's what, 36, 35? 30, something like that. I don't know. 
but he's gonna start declining soon. No matter, like everyone out this season, it's like, oh, LeBron's never slowing down. Like he's still going on strong. But like, if he still plays how he was doing in those first eight games in the playoffs, and if he doesn't step up to the LeBron style they should be playing at. Like, that's not going to look very good. Then he's probably, then I think that that will be the decline of him. Because you've got guys like Kawhi and Giannis, who you can already argue are better than him. And then you've got guys like Harden and Davis and Dame stepping up. So, you know. Steph coming back, KD. Steph, KD coming back. Clay, he could be the best player in the league next season. (laughs) You say Clay? Yeah. Relax. (laughs) Watch. Just you watch. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like pure catch and shoot threes, <laughs> just catch and shoot threes, nothing else. <laughs> I average 50 in a season, <laughs> not dribbling once. <laughs> that's, that's such I a would be the person to do that. That would be no, exactly. Um, but I feel like with the Blazers, like, yes, they're underrated, but I feel like people are brushing past the defense part of the game. Like, the Blazers are one of the worst defenders, like, defending teams in the league. That is and true. the Lakers had a good defense this season, which, I mean, obviously they don't have a perimeter answer really for Dame, but like inside, no you still got Davis on the inside. Like they're not really scoring on the inside. And the thing is, I would say they'd have, I would talk about JaVale and Dwight too, but I don't even know how much they're going to play because I feel like they play like a combined like 20 minutes. No, exactly. That's the same thing with like Whiteside's not going to play a lot because of that too like he's not gonna those guys aren't gonna be very playable just because they're not really like centers with that kind of like mold just aren't really playable in the playoffs really exactly because it's just such a different breed you know so davis is gonna be relied on a lot in lebron are like i think they could deliver it's just kind of scary that they haven't really been you know doing great as of recently um, I just want to talk about the Blazers a bit and like just how good they are. Because like if you look at Dame is easily a top ten player, and right now he's playing like the best player in the world right now, bubble MVP. Shout out to him. But you also have um I mean with every deep playoff run, you need to have a star player. And Dame is that star. Exactly. And the eighth seed. And people and a lot of people are overlooking that fact. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then CJ is also a good second guy. And then you got Nurkic, who's come back very good. And so then you've rated. I mean, the thing about Nurkic is, though, his conditioning isn't very good because, like, he could yeah. barely get up and down the court in, like, the fourth quarter just because he's been not used to that basketball for a while. So that's going to be interesting to see. But, I mean, Melo's been doing great, uh, especially in the clutch, which I like to see. Gary Trent Jr. has stepped up a lot. And don't sleep on the Blazers. They're going to put up a fight. Yeah, no. I Do I think they're going to win? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it's very troubling to see the Blazers doing that good and the Lakers doing that bad. But I still, I, what do you have the series in? What's your prediction? Part of me really wants to say Lakers in seven. And I think that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, I definitely could see the series going only to six, only to five, but uh, yeah, I think it. I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be a good series. I have Lakers in six. My initial reaction was just like, 
kind of like it, it kind of went through stages. I was hyping up the Blazers so much. I was like, they could actually win this. Like they have a good chance. And I started looking more at it. And I, I think realistic, if I'm being realistic, like I would love to just be bold and just say trailblazers in seven. <laughs> but I mean, the thing is, it's also like just how the league is like in hockey. Like if there's a hot team and there's a cold team, like the hot team is going to win, you know? Yeah, and no just like, who they are. but like the, in the NBA, let's be real. It's most, it's mostly always the best team that wins the series. And the Lakers have two top five, two top seven players in the league. Seven? Whoa. I was, I was like going to say top five. I was like, maybe I should just say seven just to be safe. But yeah, um, I got Lakers in six. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Rockets and Thunder. This is another very interesting series. Um, I'm not sure how Westbrook's going to be out, like how long he's going to be out for. I know he's out game one, but I'm not sure if he's supposed to come back in the middle of the series. I'm pretty sure he might be. So that's a factor to consider. But, I mean, this Rockets team is kind of built for Westbrook because they kind of went with this five-out offense because of Westbrook exactly. and to complement him. So it's going to be weird to see the team build kind of around Westbrook, I'd say. I'd say that... Not that. <laughs> Like I really like the the pick and roll duo of Capella and Harden, and now he doesn't really have that yeah. pick and roll guy. Because Harden's such a good passer in the pick and roll, and very good at throwing lobs to Capella. Like they just dominated in that area of the game, and now he just doesn't have that. That's so. why. That's why it was it, like they went so all in. Like they don't have another option, which is what, which is one of the major things that's concerning to me like what happens if you are getting bullied in the paint constantly you don't have any backup like isn't there they have one center on the roster Tyson Chandler oh I forgot about Tyson Chandler Isaiah Harnstein and Tyson Chandler are the two centers on the team yeah yeah Tyson uh, Chandler's on that team uh, running Tyson Chandler in a series (laughs) 30 minutes a game he's gonna be dead on the court (laughs) (laughs) yeah I don't know if he could keep that up I mean isn't he a former defensive player of the year uh yes he is i believe he, he did win defensive player of the year well I'll put him on the court even though he's like <laughs> 50 i'm sure he could get a stop but yeah this rockets team built for westbrook and also like for the rockets who's going to step up as the second guy because like this team is so heavily built on the duo of westbrook and harden and if you're missing half of the duo like who's gonna step up because like the only other because they mostly just got a bunch of spot up guys exactly is Eric the Gordon only- playing I was just about to say, the only other creator they have is Eric Gordon, but he has not been playing good. So he's really going to have to step up. Like, remember when he was the sixth man of the year? Not Wasn't he sixth man of the year or was he the candidate? I think he won it, right? Um, I'm not too sure, actually. I will Google it right now. Eric Gordon, sixth man. Uh, it does not say. I know he was for sure a candidate. <laughs> Thanks, Google. <laughs> it does not say if we won. Thanks, Google. Uh, he, he did win six man of the year in 2017. And he also won the three-point contest in one year. I don't remember which year. But yeah, Eric Gordon's really got to step up. He's not been playing really good in the bubble. So that's kind of concerning. And if he's going to be their secondary shot creator, like, you really need him to step up. Yeah, yeah. Um, What else? Oh, yeah, Dennis Schroeder is returning, which is a big factor. That's a big thing for the Thunder. That's he's a been big... so huge for them this season. Off the bench, six man of the year, man. Exactly. 
And yeah, he's just been so huge for them. And it's really going to help having that bench because like the Thunder, the Rockets bench, I mean, Harden's going to play like probably every minute, but like when he's not playing, then Schroeder's going to be on. And without, without Schroeder, like I was looking at that Thunder bench and it was going to be really hard for them to get anything going off that bench because they didn't really have a playmaker or a creator off the bench. So getting Schroeder back is huge. Um, I'm very curious to see how much of an impact Steven Adams will have in this series. Just offensively and defensively. Exactly. Like I think Steven Adams is pretty underrated, but offensively, like it's hard to say how much he'll do for them and like how effective he'll be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And he's not really like the type to just like post up and like score like exactly. 25 plus just from back to the basket bully ball <laughs> he's like the centers in 2k bro like he yeah. just sets he just sets those screens frees up the ball handler and yeah he's just a dummy big in 2k and like yeah, on the defensive yeah. end like the floor is going to be spaced out so much so then like when he's out of the paint like he's a great rim protector so when he's out of the paint you know it, it just is hard exactly um, is there anything else you want to say about this series, or should we drop our prediction? Um, I just want to like, I just, I, I'm gonna, I guess I'll kind of transition into it. Like, mm-hmm. this, I'm really like back and forth on this series. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's not even like I'm back and forth in the sense that like, I think it's gonna be extremely close. I just really wish I could see both of these teams like get out of the first round because I want to see them both succeed. But like. Yeah, that's that's true. It's just a bad matchup. Like if if one of them was over the Nuggets, like if the Rockets and the yeah, Thunder exactly. screw the Nuggets because no, I don't kidding. want the Nuggets making it past the first round. I'd rather have the Rockets, Jazz, and then Lakers, Clippers. Exactly. You know, and plus the Rockets have been such a good matchup for the Clippers, but they're not going to face them. The Rockets have been such a good matchup for the Lakers, and they're not going to face them. Yeah. And well, if you know, and then the Thunder. I mean, yeah. So I want to see them both succeed and move on, but only one of them will. I think it's gonna go to seven. I have it going uh, to seven too. I think, I think have... Houston's gonna take it. I have the Thunder. I have the okay. Thun- that's fair. I, I I've seen a couple people taking uh, OKC, and I could def- I could definitely easily see it going either way. Uh, it'll be good. Westbrook's got to step up though. Uh, big time he's, in the playoffs. He's injured. Well, when he's back. I don't know when he's coming back, and like well, no, no, when back. when he, when he comes back, yeah. <laughs> Rock but... just gets sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Westbrook, it's like, come on, man, you can hold it down until I was back. <laughs> I mean, to my... be fair, as soon as CP3 went out, the fucking Rockets got destroyed. So, my thing was when, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, my thing was when Chris Paul, or no, not Chris Paul. Who was I? What was I just about to say? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, when Dennis Schroeder, I wasn't sure if he was gonna play because I knew Westbrook was gonna be up, but I didn't know if Schroeder was gonna play. So if Schroeder was out, I would have had the Rockets in seven. But since Schroeder is going to play this series, I have the Thunder in seven. That's how valuable I think he is because, like, yeah, just that extra scoring and playmaking boost. And Chris Paul and the Thunder have just been so clutch this season. And I think that they're just, I also just, I'm a big believer in momentum, especially in sports. And the Thunder have lots of momentum just from like the legendary season they've been having. And I think they'll ride that out. And if Westbrook was healthy for the whole season or the whole series, I mean, 
then I would easily have the Rockets in like six or seven. But since he's going to be out for even even like two games, even three games, like that's still pretty significant, especially when you're going up against that's a strong team like the. It's a strong team like the Thunder you're going up against too. So yeah, I have thought. It's in seven. That's very interesting. We finally disagree on something. We literally had. I mean, in the playoffs, though, most people like. Most people agree on most things because well, it's usually the better team like that the, wins. Especially in like the first round or two, like most of the matchups are pretty like fairly easy to uh, predict. They're fairly like lopsided, yeah. Well, because yeah, because there's such a big gap from the top teams from the yeah. So shall we actually we'll take a quick break and then we'll get back to the last two series of the Western Conference. All right, and we are back with the Nuggets and the Jazz series. Did you watch the first game uh today? I I wasn't home when it was playing actually. I watched uh like the last 3 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right cuz you were getting your pedicure. <laughs> yes. But I mean, yeah. Uh, a big thing for this se- I feel like this series is going to be, like, people are already surprised that it went to overtime. Like, I thought this series was going to be closer than most people thought. Most people had the Nuggets, like, just clean. They were just like, oh, there's no Conley, no Bogdanovich. It's just going to be an easy win for the Nuggets. But, like, the Nuggets don't have Gary Harris and Will Barton, and those are their two best perimeter defenders. And it, show- it definitely showed uh, in the game tonight. Yeah, when Donovan Mitchell dropped 57 on their heads. Like, that's crazy. Third most playoff points. That's the thing, though. He dropped 57 and he still lost, so, like... Conley was much needed in that game. Yeah. Just for that. Just even just a little extra boost from someone, you know? Like, honestly, like, with the way they played, I would, like, maybe take a full healthy Jazz up against a full healthy Nuggets. And give the edge to the Jazz. I, uh, yeah, I, so would I, I. I. I would too. I definitely think it would be like a, a probably a seven game series. But I would take the Jazz in seven in that if that were to be the case, bro. If yeah. people think we're gonna be such Jazz or Nuggets haters, it's because we do hate the Nuggets, bro. Quit trying to cap. We don't hate them. We're just not high on them. Like our opinion on them is just like we don't really think that they're. A real threat, and we think that... MPJ and Bull Bull in the future, though. Look out! I mean, I still think that their potential is very overrated, but uh, that's another thing I want to talk about is MPJ and how much of a factor he'll play because he wasn't playing at the end of that game, and I think people yeah. are just brushing over the fact of his defense because they were just attacking Michael Porter Jr. when he was in at the end of the game because, like, he's just not good defensively. And he wasn't contributing anything on offense. No, like, in the final, like, when he was on the court, they were attacking him on defense and wasn't making up for it on offense. So then they subbed him out. Well, at that point, it's like he's basically unplayable, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's why I wanted Will Barton and Gary Harris to be back so MPJ could just do his thing off the bench and be a great bench plug. But he's going to be relied on more. And in the clutch, like... It's going to be hard to have him on the court, but it's also going to be hard to have him off the court because of what he brings on offense. Exactly. But if he doesn't bring anything on offense, then you can't have him in the game, basically. Then he's useless. But yeah, Mitchell, I mean, he played amazing. Uh, I knew that he was going to ball out. I thought he was going to drop like 30 to 40 in the first game. I did not think he was going to drop 57. (laughs) 
third most points ever in playoff history. I'm pretty sure first by an active player, yeah, because it was MJ and Elgin Baylor, one and two, and then he's third. And there's only like seven active players who have dropped 50 plus. Yeah. Or, or six. There's six. Because I seen a list and Isaiah Thomas was up there, but he's not an active player anymore. <laughs> Poor Isaiah he's Thomas. He's trying to make that comeback on the Warriors next season. I hate him. He's just practically begging for a job. <laughs> like, imagine if you did that in any other work, of, line of work. Just like going to hospitals. Please, I want to be a doctor here. No one wants him, bro. He's too small. He just doesn't. It's it, it just like. On the basketball court, if you want to be on the court, you need to bring more good than bad. And since he lost that scoring touch, like he just doesn't bring enough good to. <laughs> he's not. He's not an amazing scorer anymore. So what does he do? He doesn't make up for the fact that he's literally the worst defender in the NBA. <laughs> like that's hard to have on an NBA team. But anyways, back to the Jazz Nuggets series. Um. Another thing that's underrated about this series is Quinn Snyder. Like, he's an amazing coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a better coach than Mike Malone, in my opinion. But, I mean, yeah, he's just a great coach, and I think that that's going to go far, especially when you're not having Colney on Bogdanovich. I think that that coaching, it really helped. It's a key factor. Like, they were close in that game, and they were just playing their hearts out, and I really wanted them to win that game, the Jazz but they didn't because of Jamal Murray. No, it was literally Jamal Murray bailed them out. He was just hitting shot after shot after shot. And is he going to keep doing that for the series? I mean, no. You don't think so? What did he drop today? 32? 30, 30, 37? I'll check. Blue with 34. Uh, I spelled Jamal wrong. I feel so dumb. Jamal um, Murray. I literally did jump like J U M. I love not being. <laughs> it's because my brain doesn't work, I, and I am not able to see what he got for points. That is great. That is great. Good job. <laughs> Thanks, Google again. Really coming in clutch. Keep talking while I try and find it. Uh, uh, anything uh, else for the series? Uh, uh, the series for the Jazz and Nuggets. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Do you want me to give my prediction? <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't I, do that yet. Yeah, give your. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if we did that already. Uh, I got uh, Nuggets and six. I think I said yeah. Nuggets and six. Uh, uh, I have them in six as well. Yeah. Yeah, just without their, uh, just without the Jazz's depth, it's really hard to uh, to uh, see them taking more than two games. I also it think like. Spider just dropped 57 and lost, so, like, that, it's tough. Yeah, I also think, like, the Jazz is, the Jazz have been very overlooked, and, like, the fact, like, their coach and just their team as a whole has been very overlooked. I also think that what hasn't been overlooked is the fact that there's no Gary Harris and Will Barton for the Nuggets, and the fact that MPJ can't really be on the floor in yeah. the, end of the games. So that's just my big thing. Um, it's still not saying... Oh, yes, we're going to give Nurkic's points, but we're not going to give... Okay, well, this is... I, I've given up. So, yeah, we both... <laughs> it was it was above 30. I don't even know the exact Some, number. Somewhere in the 30s. It could, somewhere he scored could... a lot of baskets. I think he went on, like, a 12-0, like, 
run, like or, or a twelve point consecutive run in like a short amount of time. Like he was just yeah. on fire. He was taking over. Yeah. Um. Now to move on to the last series. Now, I actually want to talk to you about this a little bit first because Clippers and Mavericks. Like this was the when we did our um our predictions for the bubble. You said that you think the Mavericks could potentially win this series. So I want to see if you're um if your opinion has changed or what you think because yeah i just want to see that i don't i don't think i see them winning the series but mm-hmm. i definitely think it's going to be a competitive series and i feel like i think it's going to be more competitive than other people think like you've got the clippers everyone's lockdowns on defense versus the mavericks best offense in the league so It'll be interesting to see, and they played in the they played uh, already to get against each other in the bubble, and that was a that was a very interesting game to watch, and yeah, and then and it's just I I just think the series is gonna be a lot more competitive than people think, and it'll it'll be nice because it'll be Luca's first chance to actually play in the spotlight in the playoffs, and it'll be interesting to see how he adapts to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is going to be very interesting because I feel like we're going to disagree on this series a lot. So I'm kind of excited for us to finally disagree on something. Um, I was I was on the same boat as you, and I thought that this series would be more competitive. But when I looked more into it, I don't think that's going to be as competitive as you think and as I previously thought. Because, I mean, the Clippers are an elite two-way team. And the Mavs have an historic offense, yes, but also like the Mavs can't defend. Like yeah, the Mavs' defense is uh. And the Clippers are what are they? They have the third best scoring and the well, they're like a, they're a top five offense, top five defense in the league. So like that's going to be really hard to compete with, especially since the Mavericks are very inexperienced. Yeah, because this yeah. is Luca's first playoff run, KP. Even like their, like their quote unquote, like they don't really have like any like old players like vets. Like their oldest players are like Maxi Kleber, and like yeah. their old players haven't had much like NBA experience. You know, like they're still like it's still a very inexperienced team. So, like Seth Curry and Maxi Kleber, their oldest players, but they haven't spent that much time in the NBA for what their age is. You know, so no playoff experience. Clippers elite two-way team and just this is a this is going to be very interesting to see Luka against these two perimeter defenders but let's be honest this is probably the worst team that Luka could go up against in his first playoff round yeah, definitely and that's why, yeah like we really we really uh need, we really needed to uh see I well like in the Mavs case we needed to see them rise up in the playoffs so they could get an easier matchup than the Clippers, but it sucks to be them. But, uh, yeah. And, well, my main thing for how competitive the series is is playoff P-Man. If if Paul George isn't hooping, the series is – I could definitely see it being a lot closer. If Paul George is playing like, a, like the uh, Indiana Pacers Paul George uh, – Mm. It's definitely most likely a wrap for the Clippers. So, uh, yeah. The thing is, though, like, quote unquote, playoff P, that's when he was the first guy. Yeah. Now, now, like, that scoring depth is so unreal that, like, 
you can still win a game with with quote unquote playoff P coming out to play. You know, because they just are so they just have so much great depth. And plus you have Kawhi as the top guy. And then you have Lou Will who could pick up the slack. You got Montrez who could pick up the slack. You got you know, just guys like that who could just pick up the slack for him. So oh, that's like Kawhi's resting off season and all quarantine. This is what he's been resting for playoff time. Exactly. So that's just what I think. The Clippers are gonna be fully healthy, which I'm excited to see, but I'm also like nervous to see like Montrez and Lou Will and just like I mean, obviously it's good to have them back, but just like I've just been saying all year how the chemistry and just balancing all those weapons is gonna be tough. Yeah. Oh, also the Clippers have Doc Rivers, which he's a very experienced coach, a very good coach, which I forgot to mention earlier. So that gives them a big boost. <laughs> yeah. Uh the the like one thing for the Mavs is like how can the Clippers stop Perzingis? Because Perzingis was already going to be an issue for the Clippers and was already going to be the Mavericks' like main like like focal point, like the reason they would be competitive. And he's yeah. been one of the best players in the bubble. Yeah, Porzingis has been playing pretty unreal in the bubble. And it's been very overlooked. Like I feel like people have not been talking about Kristaps in the bubble. No one, no one has been talking about it. And it's very good to see. And also the Clippers, like they don't have that interior – defense to really stop him so he's on a roll he's been averaging 30 in the bubble and he's 7-3 I mean, and they don't really have an answer for him the thing so. is like kp's only going to mean the pain so much right because like that's just no not, that's that's, that's just true. not what he do he's literally like a pure green pie chart so, like, <laughs> green and red come on come on <laughs> to protect that rim green and yellow he's a good shot blocker <laughs> yellow <laughs> people that don't play Duke have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> like, what the hell are these guys about... colors for? Is this, a, is this a painting podcast? <laughs> just a color palette. We're just painting. To painting. <laughs> yeah, you guys are on the wrong podcast. We're not talking about sports. We're talking about painting. Come on, guys. Um, but yeah, Porzingis is going to be deadly. Luke is going to be deadly. That duo is going to do good. But at the end of the day, the Clippers are just too... Too deep, too good on defense, just too strong to beat this team, in my opinion. So, is there any other things you want to talk about for that? Oh, yeah, uh, you said, what's your prediction, your end prediction? Like, how many games? Clips in seven. You see it going to seven? I have clips in five. Five? Okay. I'm teetering, but I'm going to go clips in five. Okay, okay. Uh. Yeah, the inexperience, the fact that they can't defend the club, the fact that the Clippers are experienced and can defend, like, those are key things for me. Yeah. I mean, Luke is great. Like, we, I was going to say we may see some, no, I was going to say we may see a Luca, but I mean, he still can, but like, well, the the thing is, the stop him, but they're going to, I don't even know if they're going to slow him down. They're just not going to have him go off. Like, I feel like he's going to average like 25 to 30, but he's not going to have like, many or if any like 40 plus games yeah like i think that they'll maintain him very well yeah like, he's still luca like, he's still gonna score they're gonna have to be hitting as well yeah exactly i mean luca's still gonna score 20 plus every game like because that's just luca and he'll exactly. find a way to do that but i don't think that he's gonna be dropping 40 plus like multiple games yeah you know uh, yeah, I have Clippers in five. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about for any of these series? Anything we didn't discuss? 
for any closing uh, thoughts? I don't think so. Shout out to the Suns. Oh, I mean, it's very sad that the Suns went eight and zero and they didn't get in. Not even into the play-in tournament. I also found it stupid how the play-in tournament you had to win two games if you were the ninth seed. I think it should have just been one game. Yeah, it's just weird because yeah, like I don't know. It's just weird because like if the Grizzlies like let's say hypothetically they won that first game right, you have to stop. You have to slow down game for D- Dame. You have to slow down Dame for two games in a row. Like, but then you get home court advantage in the next one. But, I mean, yeah, I just think that should have been one game March Madness style. I also yeah. think that they could have potentially had it four teams. Yeah, I mean, I, no, I think, I think, like, if it was like the Suns were like a game behind or two games behind, like, that's fine. But the fact that they were literally tied with them is the part that kind of made me mad, like. Just give it to them. Everyone wanted to see it, and well, like, and like it's based off percentage. They'd have the same percentage, so I know. Yeah, I mean, I know that it's unfair, but like, and it's like you can't really make a change on the fly to that. Like they already exactly. set the rules. Like you can just say, "Oh, the Suns went eight and zero, so they <laughs> and ratings are up for them, so you guys are in." Like I wish they could have done that, but so I understand why they couldn't. Yeah, imagine how mad Jaw would be. <laughs> But no, like they should, they should have implemented a rule where if you go eight and zero, like you are guaranteed. Like, because if the Wizards went, let's say the Wizards somehow went eight and zero and went on this incredible run, and we're still behind the Magic, like we'd still want to see the Wizards in because they went eight and zero exactly. and not the Magic. Oh, magic. Even, even if they lose in the first round, like they still would have if they would have miraculously went eight and zero. Hell yeah, I'd rather see them there. <laughs> but also, I was gonna say something I forgot. Uh, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Uh, now I'm forgetting completely what we were just talking about. Oh, yeah, the, the ACD, yeah. So, yeah, they went A&O. Like, they did everything that the NBA asked them to do. They went, they asked them to go out there and play hard, and, you know, they did. They went A&O, yeah, they, and they still they didn't make it. I mean, they, they, got, they got promised, though. They also did that without Ubre, which begs the question if, 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 oh, my gosh, I can't talk. Is if they should trade him or what they should do with him because like Mikhail Bridges I mean, Cam played J- really well. Cam Johnson was an Cam amazing shooter and was playing good defense. Like Ubre just I Maybe mean he's a good what we're doing. He's a I mean I still don't think he should have won eleventh. <laughs> he's twenty he's thirty years old and he's a rookie. <laughs> but I mean yeah, like they're gonna have another lottery pick this year. Like Ubre and Ubre's not really like that that four you know so i think that they can honestly move on from Ubre. yeah like i like Ubre, but the way the suns were like, playing, he's a good player but yeah and like, they're the playing without him without him it's like is it worth it I, I don't know like i feel like you could get some good assets from him you could definitely get it, better the thing is if if rubio takes a drop next year like that's just gonna change their that is true whole they were trajectory. also they were also missing Baines, weren't they Oh, they were. I mean, I like him as a backup center, though. He probably won't be with the team next year because I think he's on one-year deal. Yeah, and I think he'll go. But actually, let let's two more things before we go. One, uh, what do you think the Suns like? How how many wins they'll get next year? Knowing what we know now, oh, like I know sorry, it's really let's say it again. Like, <laughs> like, do you think the Suns will make the playoffs next year? Um, what we know now. I hope so. 
I would. I really want to finally get to see Booker in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Do I necessarily see that happening? I don't know. Maybe. But that West is just so stacked. The Warriors are. It was already really stacked this year, and the Warriors are going to be there. Like, there's going to have to have teams that take a step back if they want to have the yeah. But I think that they can be like a. How many games do they? I think they could be like a 40 win team, 38 to 41 win team. I mean, it'd also be nice to see how Aiden, uh, how much Aiden, Aiden improves next year. So it's just an aggression thing. Yeah. Hon- yeah. Honestly, he's just sometimes too timid. He needs to take over. Um, last thing. So it's the first round of the playoffs, first day of the playoffs. I want to make our predictions for the last day of the playoffs. So quickly, drop right now, mark it down, your finals prediction. Because I know it changes a lot. Like as of as of right now, um, you could have who wins, sure. But what is your finals prediction as of right now? Because it changes, but like if you had to put money on it right now, who do you have? Bucks and seven over the Lakers. You still have the Lakers. I I'm I don't know, man. Like my purple and gold heart. It it sticks out to me, man. Yeah. Um, I definitely have the Clippers just knowing what we know. As of right... This is as of right now. Like, obviously, this changes from time to time. As of right now, I have the Clippers uh, in the finals. Now, I was going to say the Raptors, but Siakam is... Re- like, I was really hoping for Siakam to really ball out and carry. And, like, he was the main, like, thing is they don't have a first guy, but I thought Siakam was going to step up and be that first guy. And now that he hasn't really been performing in the bubble, I'm going to say Bucks and Clippers. But if Siakam could pick it back up, I think that's the Raptors there. Because I'm really high on the Raptors, and I think they could easily beat the Bucks. Well, not easily, but the I can... can win the championship? I think they can make it to the finals. I have the Clippers winning the championship. But, I mean, if it's against the Raptors, it's either Clippers and Raptors with Clippers winning the championship or Bucks and Clippers with Bucks winning the championship. Yeah. That's just what I think. That's my take. So that's all. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We're back after a two-week hiatus. I don't remember how long it was, but yeah. Something like that. We'll have another podcast ready probably right after the draft lottery. Yes, sir. We'll talk about that. Yes, sir. Uh, should be interesting. Who do you want to get the first overall pick? What are like the top four teams? I, I don't even know. Um, uh, Warriors, Cavs, um do I want the Warriors to drop? I mean, like my uh, my former Cleveland fan says for them, but like they're probably oh, Nick's, just going to they're probably just going to do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind the Knicks getting the first. Overall I was going to say I wouldn't mind that if the Knicks got first overall pick and could solidify mellow. I don't even know if they get Obi Toppin. Mello, yeah. Knicks going to do some stupid shit if they get the first overall pick. <laughs> With the first overall pick. We're trading the first overall pick and the second overall pick for the third overall pick. (laughs) The ultimate finesse. (laughs) All right. (laughs) No, they just trade the first overall pick for Julius Randle's brother. We're trading for Sharif (laughs) Randle. He doesn't even play in the NBA. They're like, what? <laughs> They're like, we just wanted to keep him happy. He was our biggest free agent signing ever. He was balling out for us. <laughs> we wanted to keep our biggest free agent signing happy. 
No, but that's all for the podcast. Uh, We'll see. Well, we won't see you, but you'll hear us in the next one. So take care and goodbye. Adios.